Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. Here we talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter what the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly and happy reinventing, folks. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. This is Kathy Sharp Ross, and this is The Power of Reinvention. I could not be more excited to introduce my guest who's on the show today, Trevor Brandon Sharp. Say hi, Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Gabby. Oh, oh, this is how it's going to go. You know, this is what happens when you put two really good friends on a podcast together. So buckle up, everybody. This is going to be some fun. Um, For those of you who do or don't know, uh, I launched the Power of Reinvention on the heels of the release of my book, Reinvent Your Life. What are you waiting for? Fortunately or unfortunately for me, my book came out at the very, very beginning of the pandemic. Frankly, my pub date was March 7th, 2020, which we all know was a week before we were all told to go home. Um, I had to reinvent the book launch plan. I had to take my show on to Zoom and book signings were not in the cards for me when I released the book. So I brought the book signings to me and a platform and had thousands of people join us in virtual chats over the first, what, two, two and a half years um, around the release of my book. And then I launched my podcast uh, about a year and a half ago. I have had 96 incredible guests on my show, and I could not be more excited to, to have Trevor join me today. Thank you. Um, Trevor and I go so far back. Oh, my goodness. How old are we, Trevor? Fourteen, <laughs> going on, which is, which is crazy because we're because we're only twenty five. So we I not, know, you know, right? We go way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. we go all the way back to high school. We yeah. are close, close girlfriends. We are confidants. We support one another in life, love, business, all of our journeys, and it, this is a real treat. I have watched you, Trevor, go through. The journey of writing your book and as someone who had just gone through it, I think I became a worthy go-to friend that could give you tips and tricks and warnings and stumbling blocks that were going to come up. And I am so proud to be a part of the experience that you've been through. And more importantly, having read your book, Done Being Single, is just something extraordinary. So let me give a proper bio introduction on you for those who don't know you, and then we're going to launch into a real conversation. Trevor Brandon Sharp is an ICF certified life dating relationship coach, fitness pro, and author of the new self-help memoir, Done Being Single, A Late Bloomer's Guide to Love. With over 40 years in the fitness business and many more in the singles world, Trevor knows how to help people achieve their personal best in life and love. Trevor is an advocate for strong, independent women, a voice for empowered singles, and a champion for late bloomers everywhere. 
She blogs about surviving singledom and finding love later in life. Trevor, contribute, Trevor contributed dating advice to Newsweek, Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global, The Intelligencer, Medium, Bustle, and so many other press outlets. She's also a speaker and a panelist on a number of events and programs and is always called on to weigh in and bring her expertise and her insights. And she is currently co-hosting a podcast, Done Being Single, with her fabulous husband, Robbie. And that might be a really good jumping off place because Robbie is the man that came into your life when you decided you were done being single and as the late blooming bride really started to tell some pretty incredible stories about your journey. So maybe we'll start there and then we'll go back to what I usually like to start with. So, okay. Trevor, tell us about that moment. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am shocked that you still um, like me after the uh, the, the calls (laughs) and texts and emails and questions and questions and picking your brain and asking you questions and what should I do and help, help, help. 911 SOS. You are great. You are great. And I, I mean, for the uh, aforementioned reasons you said earlier, how we know each other. Um, You're not just a friend. Um, You are, you're a mentor. You're an inspiration. Um, a guide, a spirit guide. Uh, you helped me really get this thing going. You pointed me in all kinds of great directions. I owe a lot to you. You are in the book. You are um, so much a part of my personal reinvention, uh, which I have a few times, this being one, into author. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. My pleasure, really, every bit of it. Every bit. It's with laughter and love and fun and typically tequila in our hands. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, you always. Know. Right? Well, I wrote half the book with a glass of wine in my hand. So, well, um, you know, th- th- that explains a lot. Thanks. Now I know that. <laughs> yes. That was one thing I did not know, but that does explain a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, talk about fun. Reading your book makes you laugh, makes you ponder, makes you sort of sit back and go, wow, I've never thought it about it like that. And as a matter of fact, I'd like to read a quote that you shared recently on your social media. Um, I think I read this one on Instagram, but it was as part of a blog. And if I may, it just says so much about where you're at with the input and the guidance from your book, Done Being Single. Um, The title of your blog is Dating Advice is Life Advice. And as you go on to quote yourself, dating advice is life advice. Life advice is dating advice. It's interchangeable. It's the kind of advice you'd give anyone trying to tough it out in the world, single or not. Dating advice slash life advice means setting boundaries, staying on the path of right action and honoring your highest good. Dating slash life advice also means practicing acceptance, aging gracefully, detaching from the outcome, and knowing when to quit. 
I show you how to do all this in my book. And yes, you do. And I think that was for me, the greatest takeaway from the book. And I'm so sorry, I didn't bring it in with me to the office. It's sitting by my bed because it's so fun to pick it up and just read a passage. I mean, your humor, your reverence, your insights, like everything you bring to it, just make it a fun read. And, you know, I love that about it, but there were so many major takeaways. So let's pause for a sec. Let's talk about you and Robbie, the juncture that you were at in your life that this amazing man came into your life. Yes. And literally was the crossroads for you to be done being single. And then we're going to go into the past a bit. Um, I think it was less about done, being done being single than it was done caring about being married. And that was really um, this, the, the turning point for me where everything sort of just opened up and there was a major release. And I just made this decision. I was turning 50 and I hadn't, wasn't married and had been trying really hard and wanting it. And it just, just, you know, hit and miss, um, all kinds of just wherever life took me. And I just gave up. And that's why I mentioned quitting, um, because that's what it took. Oddly enough, said the fitness professional here who never quits anything. I'm so yeah. competitive and I'm, I've played sports all my life. So, so the idea of quitting um, was foreign and it was, um, no, it was so such antithesis of who I am and what I stand for. But it was, it was what I had to do. And when and once I detached from the outcome, once I let that go, once I surrendered, that need, that want, that hope, wish, dream, goal, yeah, which I'd been keeping alive for a long time. Um, I had a shift in energy and consciousness, and I believe that's what uh, brought Robbie to me. Um, that and you know, right time, right person, and as I say in the book, right mind. Yeah, because you could you could be you could be staring the right person in the face at the right time at the right at the right place, and if you're not right in the mind, um, it won't it doesn't happen. So it all kinds has to fall into place, and it did. Yeah. Well, but you did a lot of work to get there, and I will say you mentioned your fitness, you know, career of you know being a fitness guru and training people and working with people, and it's so interesting how so many of us know what we need to do. I mean, I do it every day in my business. I guide people, I advise them, I counsel them on building their companies and building their brands. We are our worst self-advocates. We are the worst Uh at self-care. We are the worst at taking our own advice. Uh And sometimes it takes either a major shift or a a major moment of self-reflection to make sense of how to write the course for us, even though we may not know at the time what we're doing is really putting us there. I want to ask you when you were younger, and I'm not going to go all the way back as I typically do on these shows to talk about, you know, who was who 12-year-old Trevor, because I know who you were and I know what's gotten you to where you are. And there are so many other things that I want to talk about during this time. But I would ask, when you were younger, did you have that self-awareness? You know, you grew up as an only kid. You had two pretty spectacular no. parents, but they were, you know, interesting people. But... 
Where were yeah. you in that journey when you were younger? Like, did you really know? Were you self-aware? And when did no. you figure out if you were or not? Uh, a very long time. I didn't know. I didn't, um, I didn't really have a roadmap. Um, I didn't have probably enough mentoring and enough guidance. Um, my parents were working their own thing out. They had their own thing going on. And I don't want to say I, was, I took a back seat to that, but um, I sort of did in a way. And I probably needed a little bit more hands-on. And as a result, I wasn't very intentional about how I operated in the world. I sort of, you know, winged it, mm-hmm. wung it, winged it. Uh, winged I was it. a little improvisational. <laughs> yeah. I was a little improvisational. I was uh, very much about um, discovering and, and experimenting and um, not really tuned in or focused into, okay, here's the plan. Get the job work hard, do this X, Y, Z, and find the husband. And eh, 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 you know how that goes. No, right. that was just not how I rolled. Not because I didn't want to roll that way. It just so happened that that's, you know, as I say in the book, I didn't choose to be a late bloomer, you know, <laughs> it sort of chose me. Well, and look, there is uh, there are so many parts of our of our lives, you know, all of us. There's the spiritual, the professional, the relationship parts. I mean, the only part of you that was late blooming and it was not in relationships, because as we all know, if we've read your book or going to read your book, there were many, many relationships and many kinds oh, yeah, of relationships. Yeah. But professionally, you went and worked with an ad agency. I mean, you had an amazing career. You were very focused. You lived in New York. You lived in Colorado. I mean, you you were not late blooming in any part of your life, to be really honest. But a late blooming bride? Yes. Right? So, Um, Yeah. You know, I... I think everybody in a way is a late bloomer and I say it in the book because we kind of all are right in a way. No one has it mm-hmm. completely together. Well, maybe you do. Exactly. No, 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 yes. no, not at all. Yes, not you do. Close. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. So, but, um, so I think as I was saying, I just didn't have like that, that, um, that exact plan, you know, plan A. I was plan B, C, D, E, and F. That's not to say, I mean, and I guess I bloomed on time for my time or my, my pace. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel as if I kept up at all with my friends. I always felt like I was just a little bit behind. I'm just a beat or two behind, you know, people are living with guys and I wasn't, people are getting engaged. Oh, not me. People were getting married. I was a bridesmaid. I mean, it's, you know, just took me a little bit longer but yeah. as I've come to see that, um, okay, that's sort of was my wiring and, uh, I can't really fight it. And I did, I, you know, and those, that's what got me into trouble when I started to fight it and, and push back and, uh, go harder when, yeah. you know, things were in my forties, for example, those were tough years for me, the forties, because Why? at that point, I, because I realized, oh shit, I forgot to get married and have a kid. So then, um, because I wasn't ready up until then, 
-hmm. And I couldn't have been ready. I couldn't have done that because I probably would have made a bad choice because as we all know, desperation leads you into, leads you into bad things, bad choices when you're in a hurry. So guess what? So I wasn't in a hurry. And then I, then I became in a hurry. So then I got into my forties and it was just like, I got to get this show on the road. And that's when, um, I just, I, I, it was tough. Couldn't find anyone, a bunch of breakups, um, you know, relationship fails, disappointments, rejections. Um, and at that point, which took me up into 49 ish before 50. And that's when I said, uh, uh, done, done. And that kind of freed me. So in that moment, which is such a pivotal moment, and as you say, dating advice, life advice, like so many people who may be not looking for the dating advice, but the life advice that comes from those moments of I'm done, now what? And I get asked this question, and that's thankfully why you included some reinvention tips in your book for my book. But those are pivotal moments, those aha moments, as I call them, when we have a realization that something needs to shift, that we're entitled to have the life we want, as I like to say. Yes. But that, that, that moment that paralyzes so many of, okay, I know it, but I have no idea what to do about it. Yes. Where do I go? How do I pivot? This is who I've always been. This is all I know. If I wanted it differently, I would have done it differently. But no, there is a way to evolve from there. So for you, when you said, I am done, then what did you do? Like what shifted? What created that shift? Okay. So, you know, the old saying, um, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? (laughs) I love that. Yes. Okay. So that's where I was. And, um, I thought, what the hell? I think I'll embrace it instead of fighting it. Okay. I'm going to be single. If I'm going to be single, I'm going to be fabulous and single. I'm just, I'm going to own it. I'm going to embrace it. And, and that's what I did. And the minute I did that, something shifted in me. And I will say that, um, Life has a very interesting way of teeing you up for reinvention. Sometimes, most of the time, I don't think you need to reinvent. You don't know you need to reinvent, right? Right. Until life either puts it right in your face or Mm -hmm. taps you on the shoulder or something happens where you are like, "Uh uh-uh, this is just not, it's not happening anymore. Can't, I cannot, it's unsustainable. I cannot keep going on like this. And it, and I knew that if I had, if I kept, you know, aching for something that might not ever happen, I was probably doing great harm to my soul. So I, kind of just made the tough decision. I made an executive decision and said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be single. That's it people. And I had, as you know, a, I was just about to turn 50, which was a great moment to do that. Right. 50. If not now, when, if not me, who, uh, I had a big party because I thought I'm never having a wedding. Obviously. Um, I'm not marriage material. So I had a big wow. 50th blowout, which you were there. And mm-hmm. I invited I this guy that I had seen on Facebook. I didn't know him, but I saw Robbie. <laughs> he 
he seemed like a nice right. guy and we went to the same school. So how bad could he be? So right. somebody I'm knew him that could give you a yeah, reference. You know, mutual, you know, we have a, a actually a quite a tight high school Beverly kind of community network, right? Yeah. So everybody knows everybody. There's all these yeah. mutual friends and overlapping. And so we caught each other's eye on Facebook. And then we had some private messaging having nothing to do with us. Uh, it was out of concern for a mutual friend. And I didn't want to get involved. And I just thought, mm, nice guy, nice guy, Menchie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when I had this party, I invited him. He showed up. And six months later, we got uh, engaged. So, yes, I can't remember the original question, but no, yes, but okay, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. Keep going. So, so, you know, uh again, life teed me up for a reinvention. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize it. I didn't know it. I wasn't asking for it. I didn't care. But hey, man, it it brought me something, an opportunity, and I stepped up or wifed up as they say. And <laughs> uh, and um, you know, here I am. And because of him, uh, as I had said at my book, at, when I was thanking him at my book launch party, you know, because of Robbie, uh, there would be no, if there was no Robbie, there'd be no late blooming bride. There'd be no blog. There'd be no brand. There'd be no book. So he, he's the catalyst it around. Yeah, he did. He, he did. That's yeah. not to say out there, people, single people listening that you need a husband or a relationship or a boyfriend to complete you or to somehow give you your story. No, that's not it at all. It just so happened that this guy stepped in and I stepped up for lack of a better word. Right. Well, and you were at a place where you were ready to meet that you had evolved to a place and you said something really interesting before that when you decided you were done you leaned into where you were at. You said, I'm going to own this. And that changes your confidence level. That projects a different version of you. I mean, I've known you long enough, and I think you've always been perceived by others as very confident and very self-assured. But for you in that moment, you must have pivoted to a place where you actually did show up with a different energy and a different level of confidence and not look, I mean, we all have many single friends. I have friends who look like they've got the head on the swivel every time they walk out the door. Like, where's my guy? Where's my guy? There must be someone out there for me. They're not going about their business, living their life, their way, owning who they are, being happy with who they are. And that is more of a magnet. And yes. I think maybe in that moment, that subtle shift for you was probably owning that moment, you know, and that was a very game changing thing for you. It, 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 yes, it was. And, um, I sort of did it with a, a lump in my throat. Like, I don't really want to give up, but, yeah. you know, like I said, back to the quitting thing and the giving up thing, not my nature. I mean, yeah. I'm not a quitter. I just, I'm an athlete and we are not taught to quit. We go and we push through and, you know, but in this case, I've learned at least about love. You know, there's some things you can do from the sweat of your brow with this, with the sweat of your brow, not love. I mean, really not finding it. It's not anything you can force. 
Yeah. You, you can't. You can do everything you can in your power. And this is the point I make about life advice is dating, dating advice is life advice. Um, it's common sense. It's, it's, you know, making sure that you are, you're complete as a person, you're healthy and you're whole and you're, you know, and that makes you ultimately more attractive to anything for anybody, jobs, opportunities, self-love. It's the the self-love that is, you know, more important than anything. And, you know, I talk about people putting on rose colored glasses for a moment you know, see yourself as the person you want to be if you're not quite there. Envision what that is and lean into it. You know, people call it imposter syndrome. Well, you know, that's how most people get to where they actually end up because they envision themselves as that person in that role, in that job. You know, that's how we stretch. That's how we reach. And then we get out of our comfort zone and it enables us to try on something different. Yes. Um, I had a giant case of imposter syndrome when he proposed. Oh, I felt like, oh, no, this is uh, a mistake. This is not happening. This is a fluke, weird. uh -uh. Uh, It took some time for me to get my head around it. Because I'd worked so hard, I'd tried so hard, and I'd gone through so many boyfriends and breakups and relationships, and it just felt like, you what? You want to marry me? Huh? What's that you say? (laughs) I don't understand. It was like a different language. Um, But uh, I just want to say one thing about the the surrender part and the relaxing part, because because you know, it's, um, I say this all the time that self-improvement, self-acceptance is self-improvement. Self-acceptance is everything, you know, being okay with yourself. Um, it's, it's maybe a little hard to say love yourself because I don't know, you know, that's a, that's sort of a, uh, a little bit of a challenge for people to, you know, yo, you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Okay. We work on that. We do, we try right as hard as we can. I, but I do think that, um, surrendering has a lot to do with relaxing. And as an athlete, um, I will tell you that I, I perform much better, um, in competition when I'm relaxed, right? I mean, everything you do, everything better when you're relaxed and it's, even, even when I, something is on the line, even when I'm, it's a league tennis match or it's a volleyball game or it's a marathon, which I've run a few of, um, if you can get into that mindset, that mindset, that space where you could just breathe and relax, um, that is gold that will help in everything you do in life. It definitely helps in dating. Because I'll tell you what, much like job interviewing, there is an element of performance anxiety <laughs> that you get, particularly with repeated rejections. And that doesn't help your cause. Yeah. So are there tricks? Do you speak to this in the book about how to get through those moments? I mean, you know, you have yes. some incredible stories. This is part memoir, part self-help. Yes. Lots of humor and just anecdotes, but share some sort of tips some life advice. Okay. Okay. 
So I do, um, you know, we have this podcast done being single, uh, my husband and I, and we have all kinds of guests on having nothing to do with dating and, and re- relationships and romance. I mean, zero to do with it because as you know, right. Yep. I, I just think that dating is so much more than just apps yeah. and looking great and putting oh, yourself look, out there and all that. I mean, yes, it's it is connections, it's communication, yes, it's yes, negotiations, yes. it's Correct. compromise. This is what I do in my Correct. business every day. Correct. <laughs> all of that. So, so, right. And so because I feel that way, um, we just, you know, thought outside the box in terms of our guests. Um, and because I always managed to tie it back into dating. Somehow that business advice has something to do with dating and it does. So one of our guests, I don't know if you know him, his name, his name is Sunil Gupta. Oh, He's yeah. a business professor. He's an entrepreneur. Um, he's written books. He wrote a book called Backable, which yeah. goes into the um, psychology of pitching and startups and people who, who, you know, back you, what, what the concept of being that it, that it factor, having that it factor. And I don't know where I saw this guy. I don't know how he came onto my radar. It clearly not in the, in the dating space because he's married and like I said, has nothing to do with it, but he said something that just absolutely blew my mind. And I thought if this isn't dating, I don't know what is. He said something to the effect of, you know, when you're selling something or pitching something and you're in that room with potential, um, funding people, it's not charisma, it's not confidence, it's not charm or even looks or your appearance. That's the ultimate winning it factor. It is conviction. Okay. Which I just, wow. Yes. It's conviction. It's having conviction about yourself. It's about, I mean, to me, having conviction is believing in yourself in, in who you are and what you have to offer. And that is a winning comp. That's a winning, um, quality that I think applies to dating. Yeah, absolutely. It it does a hundred percent. It applies, like you just said, to so much more than dating. But that's the magnetism that people need to create for themselves. No matter what it is that they're doing, what rooms they're walking into, um, you know, there are so many components. And that's what I love the fun of it and why I pulled that that quote, because I feel like the parallels are just, they're endless and they're more apparent in the reading of your book. And I look like everyone has heard, I've known you for a very long time. And I was so beautifully surprised when I was reading the book, not only how much more I learned about you, but the insightfulness of this parallel and how it relates to how we connect with people, how we internalize things, how we choose to take moments and what we do with them, the accountability, not being victimized. I mean, these are all the different topics that you address in here in different ways. Um, Are there... Are there patterns that you found that you had to break yourself in that process, you know, before you had that shift and, and, you know, sort of like, you know, that you find even to this day, Um, you're still working on. 
even in your oh, new married yes. life. And oh my god, of course. And I make the that point. I mean, I think I devote an entire chapter to um, to relationships. It's who you are as a single person is who you are going to be in this in this marriage, right? It doesn't really change. You're still the same person. And right. I laugh because you know exactly. that old saying: how women uh, meet men. Uh, no, guys, guys, when they meet a girl, hope hopes they never change, right? And women, when they meet men, they hope. What's the old saying? They hope they change. You, you know what I'm saying? They hope to they change, change them. Right? No, <laughs> to change something. There's something like I don't know. I yeah. can't remember. Um, but um, it, you, yeah. yeah, the yeah. the amount of care and self care um, uh, that you do as a single person. Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't stop. You know the. The, the the upkeep the maintenance does not stop just because you get into a relationship or get into a marriage. Um, same things apply. All those things in that in that blog I, I, piece I wrote apply to everything. Right. Honoring you know your highest good, staying on the path of right action, knowing when to quit. All those things are very they're they're just great life lessony kinds of things. Yeah, they are like, exactly. So with all that said, um, you have a podcast, you have a book, you are being called on to speak at events and you've got a Barnes and Noble engagement coming up. So this will be timely until July 13th. So anybody that is in the LA area, come by Barnes and Noble at the Grove in Los Angeles. So I know we've got people all over the country listening, but um, July 13th, Trevor's going to be doing a book signing event, which is very exciting. And um, you're doing keynotes and you're, you're speaking to audiences and to people and to companies and sharing a lot of these insights. Um, where do you want to go from here? What what's sort of the next chapter for Trevor Brandon? Okay, Chuck? well, glad you asked. Um, she, Queen of Reinvention, because <laughs> because <laughs> I just had my my most recent reinvention. Now now I am a coach. Now I'm a life coach and a dating coach and a relationship coach. So yes, with all of those other things, um, I coach people and I am to others what I was to myself, if that makes sense. And I often say, I wish I had someone yeah. like me yeah. <laughs> talking to me back then. Yeah. Um, but I have all this wisdom and all this experience yeah. and all of this, right? Um, and um, I just pivoted from the fitness business not too long ago and got my credentials, my coaching credentials. And that's when I started writing the book kind of at the same time. So yes, um, this is, um, very much a part of what I do now is the coaching along with the other things that you mentioned. And that's very, um, rewarding for Which me. Is I really do. I love that. Very relevant. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm sure I, you do because, you know, your book will reach many people. You'll never know their stories, but the one-on-one coaching work that you do, you get to really be a part of that. Oh, it's the best. I just so enjoy it. I'm, uh, I'm good at it. I get results. Uh, I'm very tough love. So, you know, be, beware yeah. <laughs> if well, you work you with know, me. You've been through um, the school. 
<laughs> but you've been through this. I was going to say, you've been through the school of hard knocks. You have the stories and yes. the battle wounds and the scars and the anecdotes to yes. share that yes, yes. You know, we can all read about. But you've come out the other side with, you know, a fairy tale story and everybody's fairy tale ending is going to be different depending on who they are and what they're looking for in life. And yours yes. is, is wonderful and precious. Yeah. But I think, you know. Yes. Um, now, say? well, I will say that when you've been single for as long as I have, there's, there's, uh, there are a lot of habits. You are a creature of habit as is my husband, who is also a late blooming. He's a late bloomer. He was 57. Yeah. I was 51 when we got married. So yeah. um, there is, there's more work to do. And um, this is an incredible opportunity for me to keep evolving and changing and growing and learning. It is on the job training. It is just, it's a mind blower being married when you've been single for so long. I mean, it's just... Um, it's just crazy wonderful, but it is, it's a challenge. And, yeah. um, you know, like with anything in life, having as an athlete, I'm up for it and you can't ever rest on your laurels ever. Yeah. And I don't care how many people say in the dating space, which I hear a lot, you are enough. You're enough. You are enough as you are. Well, no, maybe you're not enough. Maybe there's more work to do. Sorry. You know, again, back to the self-acceptance is self-improvement. Okay. Um, you know, if you want to attract people, you have to work on being attractive, right? So no, the the work never stops. And it's for it. And now I have a reason to want to even take better care of myself because I have someone else to consider. Yeah. And who you get to take care of as well, and which yes, is pretty precious because you can divert yes. the attention away from yourself. And that's very, so, so that's yes, very fulfilling yes, as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, now, now I just have to be careful not to take all my, my single Michigas into this marriage with me, which, um, Michigas meaning nuttiness, neuroses, <laughs> <laughs> crazy translation. Um, yeah. So yes. Um, there's a lot of that too. You know, we all come into, we, we c- carry with us baggage of sorts, which I love because I, I'm a big believer and I think baggage is great. I think it gives you depth and character and soul and it's wonderful. And, um, but until it becomes too heavy yeah, or if that baggage starts to impair or impede <clears throat> whatever it is, your goals. So, yeah, you know, I come into this this marriage as an only child and someone who was single for a long time. And there is a lot of undoing of stuff to do. Yeah. Partner, partnership. What? What is this thing you call partnership? (laughs) Right. You mean what? What, I have another person in the room. There's what? I'll never forget in the beginning. Um, When we were married early on, Okay. And I should mention, I've never even lived with a guy. Okay. That's very true. Okay. So very true, no co- yeah. I, I haven't cohabitated with any, with a guy yeah. and I'm That's so used to be, actually. oh my God, I'm so used to being on, on my own. I'm so used to being independent. I remember in the early days I came out into the living with a glass of wine for myself and he looks at me and I'm thinking, why are you looking at me? <laughs> he looked at, oh um, he went like this. Me? 
<laughs> I, and I went, oh, oh, yeah. I got to start thinking like that. That's very funny. I mean, you're talking to someone here who's been married for 34 years. I know. Dating for an additional seven, that same man. So I know. And I know. That is a very foreign concept. Okay. How about I know your man before you knew your man? Yeah, you knew my, yeah. You two grew up together. I knew your man. I knew your man before he was a man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it takes off. (laughs) Yes. I knew Bobby, you know, before Bobby had facial hair. There we go. Okay. And before he kills me, we better stop talking about him publicly. (laughs) Oh, your husband. I love uh, him. I love him. love him. I love Bobby. Yes. Robbie but that's a Bobby. really interesting thought. You know, the notion of never having lived with someone and here I have actually lived with someone my entire life. I mean, if it wasn't my family, it was my roommates in college straight to li- literally living with what would be then my future husband. I yes. mean, it's, it's pretty wild. I've never had the opportunity to live alone. And it's funny because I think we were talking earlier and I thought, you know, when we were talking about like all the, the journey of all the, the dating life, which is extremely colorful and fun and interesting to read about, you know, I think those of us that have been married for a very long time have always been able to look at our single friends and go, wow, look how much fun they're having. Look at what they get to do. Yes. Look at the do. newness. Look at the dates. Look at yes. the restaurants, the outings, the drama, the the highs yes. and the lows of it oh, all. Yes. You know, and and you no, know, it's all it's that. Just so interesting. Yeah. Right. It is. I'm not going to lie. I I had a great time being single. I loved it. Or else I wouldn't have been single for as I long as I was. I mean, there must have been yeah, something in it that I liked. I had a good time. There were times when I hated it. Yeah. Hated it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the key here is to, um, kind of love your life as much as you can, um, find things to love about it. And it's never going to be perfect, but it's just, uh, incumbent upon you to, um, sort of make the best of whatever it is. And then if you're not find other things that bring you joy and and fulfillment, that's very, very much a part of the, at least the singles experience for sure. Yeah. And I think in that, and what's so interesting, me just having talked about marriage, when you're married, you start to recognize that that one person is not going to fulfill every single box that needs to be checked. That is the beauty of friendship. So if your husband or partner doesn't want to go to a museum, we go with friends or we go with a parent or a loved one or a business colleague. We find other people. So it doesn't matter whether you're married or single, but the whole point is that find the things that fulfill you. They give you happiness, right? And find the people that can be on that journey with you and don't expect from a partner that they are going to check every single box. That is just not humanly Mm -mm. possible. You know? No. And then, and then if you do, you know, you run the risk of, of just becoming a big, you know, drag because you're just, you're needy and you're clingy and, and, you know, you're, and you're not, you're back to it right. before it, you're it, not recognized. Why change that person? If they came to the marriage, not liking walks on the beach at sunset, get okay with it. 
and find something else you can do together that you love and then go dance on the beach with your girlfriends when the sun is sitting and you'll probably have a better time anyway. Yes. You know, there's, there's so many ways to turn it around. Of course, of course. And, and all of these things that you're talking about makes you a happier single person. It makes you a more empowered single person. And, um, it's not, you know, to me, dating advice, the best kind of dating advice, isn't the kind that makes you a a better dater, but makes you a more empowered person. And that's the whole point of life advice, dating advice. You know, there are a lot of people in what I call the dating advice, uh, industrial complex. (laughs) Um, there's a million of us out there. Dime a dozen dating coaches, right? Um, I don't know, maybe, I I don't know what their secret sauce is, but I know what mine is. And that is to get you super comfortable in your skin, to get you as empowered as possible um, so that you shine and thrive in every area of your life. Not, you're not just magnetizing, you know, love, love interests into you. You're, you're, you're firing on all cylinders when you work with me. And that is, um, I would say pretty sound advice for anybody at any age in any relationship status. Yeah. Well, that is such a drop mic statement that I think that is the perfect place for us to wrap up this conversation, at least on this podcast, not in life. Um, I love that. And I think it really just kind of sums up where you're at and what you're doing and what you're doing to affect and impact other people, which is pretty extraordinary. You're doing it in the funnest way, in the most beautiful way. Um, whether it's through your book, whether it's through your coaching. I mean, folks, if you are not following Trevor on social media, I highly advise it. You'll be pleasantly surprised with some fun and and quippy things that she shares. Um, Trevor's also, you. you know, really just as a human being, she's volunteer, she volunteers for the special Olymp- as a special Olympics coach and the fulfillment fund and gives a lot back in life. She is a beautiful human being inside and out and such a precious friend. And I'm so proud of you and the journey that you're on and what you've just done to get here in the last three, four years. I know that journey very well for oh, you. Yes, yes. And thank I'm you. so excited for you. And I want to encourage everybody to check out her book, Done Being Single, A Late Bloomer's Guide to Love. Yeah, yeah. It's not just for single people. No, and not it's not even just close. about love. And now you know if there's a lot more to this thing. So just because you're married doesn't mean you shouldn't get the book because there's a lot of great uh, advice and no, wisdom. No, just read it for the stories because the yeah. stories oh, oh, are stories. There are the stories. It's a great, it's a great fun read, and you have such an extraordinary way of writing. They harkens back to your early copywriting days, and just that natural talent of yours. So the writing Thank is you. just did, brilliant. It, did, it came in handy. It did I come know, in handy. See, that that advertising, right? They're like, that I'm copywriting. getting out of this business. Yes. It, it worked wonders, but it's really fabulous. Um, and don't forget, she is also a life coach. And so if yes, there are places yes. in your life that could use a little tweaking, there is nothing yes. greater than to bring someone in your life that can yes. give you that guidance and that direction. So yes. Trevor, thank you for being here on the show today. I'm the tweak master general. <laughs> You're right here. <laughs> You're looking at her firsthand. 
Yeah. So, so we are going to provide links to all of the ways to reach Treva in the show notes. So be sure to check those out if you want to connect with her. Treva Brandon Scharf. She is on Instagram, LinkedIn. Go to her website, Done Being Single. Just really connect and enjoy and indulge. And for those who want to learn more about reinventing other parts of your life in other ways, go to the reinventionexchange.com my book, my blog, my amazing guests. We got lots to share and inspire people with. Thanks for listening to The Power of Reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, Get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For? And discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing.